Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening is Adam White. It's a real, well, four-course meal for Ligue 1 this week as there was a rearranged fixture as the sort of bread appetiser beforehand. Uh, European action as the appetiser this evening before a meaty main course that we'll get on Saturday followed by the tastiest of Sunday desserts. It's one really to look forward to but sounds a little Filling will we'll make it nice and easy to digest for you after the latest headlines. On Tuesday, Trois held out for a 0-0 draw against Dijon in the solitary Ligue 1 match. Unfortunately, the clash was as damp as the home pitch was a few weeks ago when it was initially called off. In the Europa League, Nice have fallen at the knockout stage to Lokomotiv Moscow. The Russians won 1-0 in the early club kickoff this evening, um, winning a comfortable 4-2 on aggregate. Lyon, on the other hand, made it through after a 1-0 victory in Spain against Villarreal. Xiaomi Costa saw red for the home side just a few minutes before Bertrand Traore grabbed his third in two games to see the French side through 3-1 on aggregate. Marseille, meanwhile, are also through to the next round of the Europa League despite their defeat in Portugal to Braga 1-0 to this evening as well. They will be in the hat and the draw will be taking place on Friday. And that's all for now. But for all your latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We'll start this week very briefly, I suppose, on that game on Tuesday night. To be honest with you, Adam, it was it was mm. a pretty da- damp one in the, in the, in essence. But in the end, both sides probably okay. I, I suppose Trois would have really liked a three points. It would have been a real bonus for them to try and pull away from the drop zone. But both relatively content with a draw. Yeah, I think so. Um, with with Dijon playing away from home as well, you you know, um, not particularly good away from home so far this season. So they would have been happy to take a point. And they're up, they're up to 32 points now, with the, you know, they're after 20, 26 games, that's so not too bad, up to 13th. Trois as well, having been in the bottom the bottom two recently, because this game was rearranged, they would have been um, pretty happy with the draw. I mean, this is a game they probably would have been about that they could have won. But I think overall, given how tight it is down at the bottom, a loss would have been... Would have been, you know, not disastrous, but something they definitely wouldn't wanted to avoid. And I think both teams kind of came away happy with the draw. It played out like that as well. It played out like both teams weren't necessarily desperate to win and did were trying to avoid losing. Um, um, as you mentioned in the <clears throat> in the build up there, it was a pretty terrible game. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think both teams would be pretty happy. Yeah, I think especially Dijon, a win would have probably guaranteed them pretty much being a league on side next season, but. A home game against Colne at the weekend. They've got a home game against Damien in a couple of weeks. They probably will seal it soon enough. And, and Trois will just be... They could see it as a bonus point, I think, now after that win against Mets and that they've got another interesting game at the week against uh, against Ren. It's, it really can just be a bonus point for them at this stage because it does lift them a little bit higher above the, Toulouse and, and Lille. So I think they'll be relatively content with getting a point against a side that can be really dangerous, really. Um, On to the Europa League games from this evening. And, and two sides remain in, one side out. Unfortunately, Nice fall at that hurdle. They, they It was always going to be tough after that result where they where they sort of let that 2-0 lead slip and go 3-2. And now they're out of the competition 4-2. But we'll talk about really the two sides that have remained in it in, in Lyon and, and Marseille. And they got through relatively sticky ties, really, um, Adam. But this 
There's some tricky teams still left in there. A lot of, a lot of qualified, unfortunately, for them. Uh, Atletico Madrid qualified this evening. Lazio were through. Uh, RB Leipzig won that Titanic clash between them and, and Napoli. Uh, Sporting are through as well. They're a tough side doing well in, in Portugal. Um, Zenit beat Celtic as well. They're not easy to go to Russia. AC Milan, Arsenal, Borussia Dortmund eventually um, got through as well. This, this next round, really, it is... It's a of a real high standard. Do you, do you think that Marseille and Lyon are, are right in there with with the style that they can they can if they can get the right kind of tie they can keep going? But do you think they can they can compete with that level of quality in the Europa League? Yeah, I think they can. You're right. It's a really a really good last what last sixteen, uh, and it'd be an exciting draw. Pretty much anybody that you get is going to be a difficult game. Um, perhaps you know those Marseille and Lyon will be looking at Pilsen, perhaps. Um, Salzburg, Marseille, you know, held their own against in in a very poor couple of performances in the Europa League. They wouldn't be too bad to play at this stage for Lyon. Perhaps I don't think Marseille can play them just yet. Um, maybe on the Russian side, although Lokomotiv were good against Nice. So there's, you know, there are there are like better ties you would want to avoid Arsenal and Dortmund, perhaps, and you know, uh, Leipzig and a few others. So I think that Lyon and Marseille are definitely amongst the top eight. Left in the competition, I, I would. Atletico Madrid, obviously, a very, a very difficult tie as well. But I think, based on form, you know, Lille have been good in the Europa League this year, playing well in overall. Like I know they've they've trailed off a bit recently, but in these sort of more you know focused games, these were one-off ties. I know there's two legs, but you know, more concentrated. They 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 fancy themselves against anyone, and and Marseille are also in a very similar position in that they they will fancy themselves against anybody, even if they do draw one of those two bigger sides. So yeah, I if they get if they avoid one of the very biggest teams, I'd fancy them to get through pretty much any any of these games because as you mentioned, these two ties were pretty sticky as it was. Villarreal, very difficult side to play against to win. I know they were sending off, but to go away and win after a few one at home for Leon, great result. <clears throat> and Marseille, even though they went one nil down today, um actually were the better sides after conceding and probably should have won that game. Saka had a header he should have scored and there were a couple of other really good chances for a Campos and and Germain as well. So I think Two difficult ties were negotiated pretty comfortably by both teams, and I can see that happening again in, in the next round. Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one, really, looking at the next round. You, you mentioned a couple of teams, and I, I maybe throw Athletic Bilbao in there as well, given their form this season, that they, they've sort of snuck through past uh, Spartak Moscow. But uh, looking at some of those teams, really, the, the, the problem is it's not just that they're, they're decent sides. They all seem to be, at least most of them, at least, are, are an upward trend. I mean, Atletico Madrid are, are pretty comfortably second in in Spain, Lazio have had a terrific season and, and they keep going from strength to strength. Um, RB Leipzig have uh, been, been troubling Monaco earlier this season and other sides in the Champions League. They were maybe a little bit unfortunate to drop out. AC Milan have, have gone 10 unbeaten in Serie A. Um, Arsenal really struggled through tonight, but they have real quality in, the, in their side. The same as Dortmund as well. They can be a bit iffy week on week, but they, they have such quality to, to break down teams that you, you really don't want to draw them. But yeah, there's only a couple that you could maybe say that the, the French sides are the favourites. Otherwise, it's a lot of a lot of ties that might be equal and, and might be tricky. But it'd be a great incentive, really, especially for Lyon now. I think with with that six point gap that they've got now, it should be a real test for them. That this is at least an opportunity for them to get into the Champions League. There'll be other teams thinking that, like like Arsenal, thinking that they can do similar to what Manchester United did last season and grab like a fifth spot for England. But um, French teams especially someone like Leon who who have fallen away a little bit should they get another good tie um, maybe should start focusing on that if uh, the league starts to continue um, slipping away especially if results don't go their way at the weekend and, and we'll come on 
to that now, really. It's a, it's a blockbuster league game weekend, and we're going to sink our teeth right into this one, really, Adam. And I'll start with the Friday game, which is, is an interesting one for both sides of the table, really. Um, on Monday's show, we talked a lot about um, the sort of relegation fight and the, the sort of battles we have for second and for fifth. And and one side that, surprisingly for most, is in that battle for fifth it is Montpellier. Um, we haven't talked about them for a couple of weeks, really. They maybe mm. ran under the radar, but... In their last eight games in league, and they've only lost one, which was to Paris Saint-Germain, which is not a bad run at all. They, they've got the second-best defence in the league. They they are still creative. Giovanni Sio, for some reason, is their top scorer, which uh, no one, <laughs> another thing uh, many people wouldn't have predicted at the start of the season. But they're a really interesting side that are, are, are strong, have good players. Jerome Rousselon and, and Mukiele have had excellent seasons, as well as Hilton. Um, they are a dark horse for that fourth, fifth place with with Nantes and, and Nice and Bordeaux in there as well. Um, this is an interesting game for them as well. Do you, do you see that Montpellier could possibly be one of those sides that next season we talk about in the Europa League section? Yeah, um, I definitely think it's possible. They're, it's classic Michel de Zakarian. When, when he was at Nantes, you know, they, they didn't concede many goals. They didn't score many either. And um, this his second full season in Liga, and when they, they you know, they did challenge for a Europa League spot. In a similar way to Montpellier are doing now, and they sort of grind out results. They, there'd be very few goals in their games, but they'd, they sort of, you know, the balance would sort of tilt towards them, and they, they in a very close league as it was then as well, they, they managed to sort of challenge, and they ended up in the last sort of, eight to ten games trailing off and that's the the wife of Montpellier now as you mentioned that you know they're, they're a very efficient team they're very sort of um well organized and well drilled and they've got a lot of sort of combative mobile players who who you know who Michel Tuscarian gets the best out of it's it's his it's a classic his sort of team and you mentioned Roussillon and, and Mukulele at fullback they're very very exciting they've you know for, for fullbacks in Ligue and who don't normally get forward the clubs don't really push push fullbacks on in, in Ligue and um, Montpellier are one of the teams that mainly because they're so sort of solid in other areas they can afford to do so and they've really excelled this season even though Roussillon's been injured for the last you know six games he's arguably the best player and they've been able to adapt which really shows you know that they have options in this in this team as well so I think yeah they definitely could they could stay in contention. I think a lot of the sides around them are sort of trading off a little bit. Um, uh, maybe not haven't been as good recently. Nice have trailed off. Bordeaux obviously better under Poyet, but they've, you know, the, the no by no means solid. Ren as well are very unpredictable. So they could just be the most, you know, the, the most consistent out of those sides chasing what fifth we know will definitely be Europa League spot and sixth pretty, is pretty likely to be. So you can, you I would fancy them at the moment to to, to get into one of those into one of those spots it's just whether they can maintain that consistency and you know keep going for the rest of the season and and hope that they can keep their form as it is now with the sides around them and 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 hopefully get some points of the sides around them because it's fine margins that the Zakara is playing with here because they do win a lot of games one nil or you know they, they they do struggle in in to score goals so there's going to be opportunities for them to lose games as well as win them so if you can keep it going and, and on the right side of those fine margins who who knows they could be Europa League team next season which would be quite an achievement for them yeah and looking at their, their fixture list left really they've they've already played Paris Saint-Germain twice they've already played Monaco twice they've got Lyon at, at home at least that's a that's a solid tie they only real tricky one you can see following on for the rest of the season really is that they've got an away game in April to Marseille really they've they've maybe still got Bordeaux maybe still got Nice but there are a lot of teams that they're facing around them at least anyway Nantes and, and Rennes as well so there's a real great chance for them to to strive on and and you mentioned Rousselon I, I think he's a player that probably move on in the summer I know he he was intimating at January before he was injured that um, he was maybe looking to 
to move on. But he's a t- he's definitely a player that not just Liga and sides will be higher up the the pyramid will be looking at, but possibly even English sides as well. He he's a really attack minded left back that's been terrific this season, flying down that wing, creating assists, even scoring goals as well, which has been really valuable. Given that not many other people are scoring goals for them, especially um, I think if you'd have told many people at the start of the season that Sia would be scoring goals on a semi-regular basis. They, they might have fainted out of um, loss of blood pressure to the head, but um, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense that he's, <laughs> he's all of a sudden become a, a really important player for them. And and, and the, another surprising thing that I, I didn't really even notice is they they were in comp competitions for a long time as well. They got the round 16 of the Coupe de France semi-finals of the Coupe de la Ligue as well, knocked out by Monaco and Lyon respectively. And, and another side that have got a bit of a bit of a cup run in him this season as well. It's Strasbourg who, who got to the round of sixteen of the Coupe de la Ligue, lost to Paris Saint Germain, and they they're still in the round of well, they're going to be in the quarterfinals against Chambly, which is a great chance for them to possibly get to the semi final there. But they've also been in in again. We've mentioned this before. It's sort of head Jekyll and Hyde side at the moment. Um, Strasbourg they lost five two, but part of pretty good performance really against Paris Saint-Germain it's it, not every time you say that everyone are turning up to them maybe feels a little bit hard done by that it finished five goals past them but they scored early they they gave Paris Saint-Germain again a lot of problems even at the Parc de Prance and they they showed they've got a lot of heart in this team didn't they yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's I think that's something that they've you know that's sort of kept them in 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 the position that they are this season. Because if you look at the table, they're fourteenth, thirty points. You know, you said Dijon if they'd beaten Tuari, they pretty much guaranteed their safety. And Strasbourg only two points behind them. So, um, you know, it's been a productive season given they were in National two years ago. It's, they've been fantastic, and um, the fact they've got hearts is has been as you said is is has really sort of come to the fore. Their home form's been good or they're quite an intimidating place to go. They've got the proper football city. They've got some really vociferous fans who really get behind them and, you know, they beat PSG at home and, um, that, you know, they, they definitely have, have that, that sort of gumption that perhaps has kept them in the position that they are. Um, and you're right, they do. I think they've got a chance of making the final of the Coupe de France because, as you said, they're playing Chambly uh, in the quarterfinals. And then there's another another quarterfinal between Lons and Les Herbiers, who are a national side. Obviously, Lons are in Ligue 2. And the other two are PSG Marseille and Lyon Kong, I think, from, from memory. So if those two teams those two winners, those two games play each other, then you fancy Strasbourg to, be, to, to beat Leon Lons or Les Herbiers, assuming they get through. So they could be in the final. You never know. And when it comes down to that one-off game, you know, it's, anything's possible. So I think Strasbourg have been a credit to the league and I really hope they stay up um, because they have, they have great fans and they've got some, you've got some good little players as well. As you said, they really put PSG under pressure at times. You know, they, they should have had three goals, had scored twice, had one disallowed. That was wrongly for offside. Um, and, you know, they, they've caused cause them issues so hopefully that that'll continue for seasons to come and um they're a good addition to the league so hopefully that heart as you mentioned and that really good home form well what their exciting sort of home crowd will uh continue in league and for some time yeah i think the positive they've learned from these psg games especially and they played them in like i say in the in the coupe de la league as well is that early on this season they played leon and, and monaco and got four nil and three nil and that that draw against marseille with three three which felt like the the sort of first um, sort of flag in the ground, at least anyway, for, for Strasbourg, that those that game and the, and the Paris Saint-Germain games have shown that while they might be inconsistent each other week against the smaller sides, maybe sometimes those below them they'll beat, maybe those just slightly above them they'll they'll take a defeat. But they've learned that these games against those those big sides in league are, are essentially throwaway games. If you, if you can 
nick something from that kind of game by just simply going for it, then it's worth a go. And they they did they 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 played relatively well. They weren't particularly defensive at the weekend. I mean, they got a couple of good goals uh, from Bahokan, especially. I thought that was a really nice finish. And Arlo's popped up with a few important goals for them. They scored five this season, which is really impressive. We've mentioned before the likes of Dimitri Leonard has been very good. Every time he's played, they, they look a much better side. Um, obviously, Martin Terrier is going to to uh, Leon in the summer. He looks like a good player. I think Nuno de Costa's had a good season. You look at the defence as well, and, and Lala's but had a really nice season, was was probably up for um, probably right back of the half season for, for Ligue 1, and, and the defence seems pretty solid. And at the same time at the bank, Bingur Kamara was good until he was injured, and, and then Okidja's debutised and been fine as well. He's he's pulled off some good performances when needed as well, which is a good strength for them. And, and like you say, it it would be great to see them stay in Liga simply because other than some... Oh, and in fairness, more teams in Liga um, this season than other seasons, at least, have tried to go for things near the bottom of the table, especially in these uh, kind of games. And uh, credit to them that, it, at least for the, at the moment, them and, and the likes of someone like Dijon as well, um, it's really pulling off for them. Um, so what's your prediction for this game on, on Friday then, Adam? Uh, I'm going to go for a very classic Liga and one-all draw. I think I was tempted by. I think I'll. I think I'll go with Montpellier edging it two one. Um, that it seems like one of their kind of games really that they they will sort of sneak the result. They did. Um, well, they dug themselves out of hole at least against Gangon last week, and they do nick a few games by the odd goal against the sides in and well, in and around them and below them as well. So I, I just fancy maybe a, a Montpellier win. Uh, On to the interesting game at the bottom of the table on Saturday, and that's um, Lille hosting Angers. Two sides still. Marred in trouble, the the away side, um, second from bottom on 25 points. Lille, two points and two places above them. Um, both are in a bit of bother still, really, Adam, and maybe surprisingly so for, for what we expect from the, the squads they have. But let's start with the away side, Angers, who, who again dipped um, just as everyone seemed to gain a couple of points last weekend as well. And they, they were desperately unlucky against Santete and they were probably the better side for long periods of that game. But is almost a broken record at the moment. That is almost symbolic of Angers' season that they, they seem like a good side. They have a really good game, but they used to draw. Now they're losing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a very good point. I think that kind of sums up Angers for the last 18 months that they've been, they've played well a lot of the time and they've deserved better results than they've got, but they haven't got the results. And, you know, last, this time, last season we were talking about them getting relegated. They managed to stay up. Um, hopefully the same thing can happen this season, but you're absolutely right. They've sort of ended up not taking points from those games where they perhaps deserve more and, and now they're losing those games. Um, they've only won one of the last five. They've drawn, they've lost four of those, sorry. So they, you know, it's it really is a slightly worrying downward downward curve. I think after players went to the African Nations Cup last season and, and returned, um, they really picked up, you know, it was, uh, I think they had a pretty poor winter period. And then sort of when it when we reached this sort of time of year, they, you know, they did pick up and, and return to the form that had set them so well beforehand. But without Shake and Doy, there was talk of him coming back on loan in, this, in the winter because he's not doing great at Birmingham. Without him, I really feel like they, they haven't, one, they haven't replaced him. And two, um, with the players that they do have, they haven't been able to sort of make up his his energy and his his sort of competitivism in, in midfield and he's even his goal scoring was when they came up he was their top goal scorer he's so good in the air and he's such a such a good leader that they haven't really replaced it and that that in the side and that's 
for me, was was the issue when he was at the Africans Cup last season, and I think he was at Senegal at the Africans Cup last season, and um, and this season too. So that's the, for me, that's the, the main issue. And Stefan Mullen's a, a you know a very astute coach, and he's he's done very well with one of the league's smallest budgets so far. Um, obviously, fantastic when they came up, and and they've been very good in spells. Not got the results they reserve, as I mentioned, but they have you know played pretty well and held their own, considering that they you know they don't have the resources of the, most of the other teams in this league. But they've got to start finding a way to get points and and that match their performances and you're right Snetian was a classic example last week Carto Cambia I think had at least one or two very clear opportunities and then they lose the game because Ludovic Patel comes out flaps at one and and you know Berich is sort of presented with the with the goal and they lose one nil it's classic Angers so they, they need to kind of rectify that and they need to be a little bit more plus a little bit more <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say defensively solid because I think Torre and uh, sorry Traore and Tomer have been good, but they just need a little bit, a little bit more luck if anything else. They just need to be nicking these games rather than losing out like they did unfortunately last week. So it's going to be tough between now and the end of the season. But um, I still think they might just they might end up in a relegation playoff. But I think they'll just about stay up. Yeah, they just need a bit more verve about themselves, don't they? I mean, looking at the the team now, I mean. Obviously, Colo Toko and Tekambe's had a, a great season and scored 11 goals, but no one else is even close to him. I mean, Fulgini's had two, but they were very early on this season. Capel's got two, but they were, again, maybe well, more recently at least. Mangoni has, uh, uh, has two early on this season. Roman Tamar has two, but that was <laughs> in one game against Tua. It No one else is really supporting him enough in, in the goals front. Gilles Sanou's, look at, uh, just looking at the strikers as well, as Gilles Sanou, one goal. Uh, Keo Fonfon hasn't scored since his return. Uh, Baptiste Guillaume, one goal. It's not good enough. It's not good enough from these attacking players. I mean, we're not seeing enough of of Jeff Ryan Adelaide since his loan spell. We've not. He's not really quite hit the ground running as maybe they would help. I think Fulgini was a, a good signing, but maybe needs to do a little bit more. We had uh, Prince Onyange. He had a really good debut and then got himself sent off. It's it's a strange season really for a lot of these players. And and you mentioned one there in Ludovic Butel who, who came back in in the uh, January window after originally well going to Club Bruges two years ago after being excellent in, in between the sticks and then has come back and, and it hasn't been really massively convincing and then has that awful episode in the in the game against Saint-Étienne where he sort of doesn't really do anything with that um, with that ball instead of actually hand it to Robert Berish on a plate to, to stick in the back of his net and they I, I think at least anyway, should be a little bit worried really that they're going to play a Lille side that, that seemed to be growing in confidence really, Adam. We've mentioned a few times that they looked like they were turning a corner and then they would dip again. Um, obviously, the the sagas with the, the with the pay and, and uh, a loco leaving as well. Uh, Bielsa also looking for to possibly sue the club as well for contract issues as well as sort of down them we thought they might have turned started turning things around with that that first win under Galtier against Colm but two straight losses after that sort of put a nail in that but the win against Strasbourg the half decent performance between despite losing 3-0 to, to PSG it was maybe again flattering the the away side um, the 2-2 draw where they came from behind against Nott and they did it again um this weekend, just gone against Leon as well. Um, they just seem to be getting things going. It just needs. It feels like to me, at least, that one result might just uh, another win might just start kicking them back into gear, and it'd be a great time, especially with the games coming up, um, for them to get it in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
that you're 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 right there in that it feels like something is is starting to happen in Lille finally. I think Gauti is a very astute league and coach, and I, I would back him to to have the the sort of the the, the wherewithal to, to to guide them out of out of the trouble that they're in. As you said, like the last two games have been they've been good and they've been sort of much more sort of stoic performances in in coming from behind in both games in difficult against difficult opponents at home to Lyon and away at Nantes to draw two all in both. They were decent against PSG for for much of the first half until they conceded that you know. Um, that wasn't an embarrassing result. I know they lost 3-0, but you know, you could other teams it's not not too bad. And obviously that Strasbourg win. So um you it feels like something is coming in Leo and there are the relegation zone now. So I I fancy Gautier to they won't be very exciting, but I, I fancy him to keep them up. I think he knows he knows how to do that in this league. And he when he took over at Zanetti and they're in a similar position, you know, they were struggling near the bottom of the table and look how he transformed them into a Champions League chasing side. And if they stick with Gautier, I'm not saying he'll be able to do the same, but he will definitely get back to being competitive once they get through this season and um i think that'd be fine and I, they looking at their fixture list as well they don't really have anybody too difficult between any and they'll go away to montpellier they've got to go away to monaco but you know a lot of winnable games in there so i'd fancy them to be okay between now and the end of the year yeah th- i think this is the interesting thing really about the fixture list at least anyway the, I, I think this is a vital game really it was great to get that result against leon but you can't rely on those sort of ones and then March away at Nice, home against Montpellier, who are going to be a stingy side. Away to Monaco, that's not the kind of run you want to go on if you've just gained a point from really from Angers. That could quite easily be three losses. And then you're looking again at that Amiens game as a, as a crucial victory before th- three more awkward games, Bordeaux, Gangon, Marseille, and then another sort of... And then luckily, maybe the last couple of games just before the end of the season, if they are still in trouble, um, they've got Mets and Toulouse and they 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 might be too absolutely pivotal games to the season. So I just feel like this one is that one where if you get a result here, you've got that little bit more confidence going into a game like against Nice and maybe a bit more confidence in your belief to attack against a team like Montpellier who who might sit back a little bit even against smaller sides. So this kind of game just might breed the confidence they need and they're getting there. And one player I think that personifies the moment is Nicola Pepe who has really turned things around, I think, in the last couple of weeks. I think Galtier has noticed that he's definitely not a central striker. He's playing him occasionally a little bit more wider. He's maybe playing with someone in and around him a little bit more often. And he's getting a lot more joy from it. He's scoring a lot more goals. He's involved in play a lot more. Obviously, he grabbed that one against Lille. He, he, sorry, against Lyon, against Nantes as well recently. He's starting to maybe build up a little bit of momentum, really. And that's good to see for him, especially because he was such a a, a prized asset really for, for Angers for one thing, but for a number of clubs chasing him in the, in the summer. But um, good to see him start to score goals and hopefully for Lille's sake, they might have found someone um, to have replaced the uh, mighty large boots of uh, Nicolas de Prevo. But um, let's get some predictions on this one. What are you thinking on, Adam? Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think another one will draw. I fancy Lille on this one, to be honest. I, I think it might be a bit more heartbreak for, for Angers and a and a 2-0 win for Lille that really probably puts the stinkers on Angers, given that, that you know things aren't quite going their way. There's, there's a lot of difficult games ahead for them as well, but still there's plenty of time um, left to go before the end of the season. But um, a cracking, cracking Sunday. We've got really three games that you should absolutely be, be tuning in for. And it's a little bit difficult really to say that it's the weakest game, but uh, a game between two sides that uh, uh, can be very good on their day. They've ha- not had as many of those days this season as, as they have in the, in the recent past, at least anyway, and that's Bordeaux versus Nice. Uh, Adam, it, it was 
Gus Poirier's biggest test, really, against Marseille since he's joined the club um, recently at, at Les Girondin. Um It didn't go quite as planned. It was a pretty drab game. He couldn't quite get them, them lifted enough to try and um, really mount any kind of challenge to, to Bordeaux. But regardless of that, there's been three wins before that and three wins in four, obviously, and four wins in five for the for the club entirely. But with Monaco coming up as well, if they want to try and maybe get a Europa League spot, which seems unfathomable a couple of weeks ago, really, but um, they've got a chance at it. This is where that needs to start, doesn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. It does seem <laughs> unfathomable because they were so bad and they were so far adrift that it it seemed impossible they could challenge for the Europa League. But as we've mentioned before, the you know the middle two thirds or the bottom two thirds of this league is extremely close. And you look at the fact that Bordeaux somehow have managed to only have the first same amount of games as Nantes, and they've only got four less points. Like if, if you imagine saying that a few weeks ago, Nantes have had such a good season. All right, they've not been great in the last few weeks, results wise, but the job Ranieri's done there, and they were sort of challenging, you know, even higher than fifth at one point. And for Bordeaux to suddenly be a, just behind them in in terms of points is 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 amazing. Um, I think that yeah, they're definitely now with with Poyet, you know, new manager in, he seems to revitalise them. Perhaps got rid of some of the the overly sort of cliqueiness of some of the players at, uh, at Bordeaux that perhaps irked Jimmy Tulalan into into leaving, and perhaps didn't help Justin Gorvenek. That seems to have dissipated somewhat since his arrival. They've, they've they were okay against Marseille last week. I think Marseille team on form and to limit them to to you know uh, what was a relatively even game what well, i didn't offer too much going forward but they defended relatively well and if they pick up two van from that corner perhaps you know ends nil nil and they come away with a credible result um so they've been playing much better and they're very much in that fight it, they could easily finish six like as i said if if it's as expected leon or psg win the coup de france the top six get into europe so they're only they're only three points off montpellier in in that in that race and you know um Poyet, with the side in front of them, with Malcolm in the team until the end of the year, they fancy themselves. And this is the cup of game they're going to have to win against a direct rival. They're level on points. Um, if they can win this sort of game at home, then yeah, I, I I don't see why not. It was it was their aim at the beginning of the season, and it could end up being coming to coming to fruition. Even though they've had a terrible year overall, it would be amazing. But it's possible still. Mm. Which it boggles the mind, really, what league has been like this season. But uh, yeah, they they just feel like before that Marseille game, they were trying to f- just about finding the right formula. It's just a shame that in, in that game, they just seemed a little bit disjointed. And I think Laborde didn't quite get into things. He had a couple of half-decent chances that he didn't really give any conviction to, which is a shame because having a more central striker like him that does, does stay in the middle gives them a little bit extra, especially with the depraval and Malcolm and bouncing off him. But yeah, it just feels like they're, they're not quite the finished project there yet. They, they've had some really interesting performances and, and it's a credit that they're back up there. They, you look at the likes of um, uh, Jules Kunde, the young centre-back who's been starting recently and Pablo who's returned on loan. They, they've really added to that that defensive partnership we we sort of laughed at for long periods of this season, really, to be fair. And and the fact that Paul Bass has returned and he's not really done much either, given that um, his spell in Malaga wasn't going quite well. It's not really been a, a tour de force return to France either for him. It, it looks like he's maybe passed his his best really, but having those sort of appear out the shadows has really helped them lift them and, and become a much stronger team overall. But they they face an interesting side, at least Nice last weekend probably played in the most boring second half I've ever had to witness in against Nantes. It was um abysmal, awful, maybe there's other A words that you can use to describe that really. But um I wouldn't want to wish that on my worst enemy watching that again. But um they've had a really strange season, really, Adam. We we were 
really critical earlier than the season. They they were awful for the first, sort of first nine, ten games. They sort of went on a really good spell November time and and maybe sort of drifted a little bit after then. Um, but they've had a couple of decent performances. And one I wanted to focus on, and we've mentioned him briefly on Monday as well, it is Mario Balotelli. Um, he's had a really good season for his, for his at least most recent standards. Most people would still think that he's not really, if he's still at Nice, he's probably still not... Um, hitting on all cylinders but he scored plenty of goals he's he's been a real focal point for the team at times as well and has pulled them through some games where they they maybe not have got through I mean 13 goals is nothing to sniff at this season especially when um, he got two he also got two in the Europa League elsewhere as well with the, the the only goals they got in that locomotive tie he's he's been a real tour de force for them but it's just they need more support for him don't they yeah and I, I think that's definitely the key I think he sort of continues his form, even improves upon his form from last season, which is he's basically the only player to do that. I mean, Seri's not been as good. Um, you know, Cyprian's got back in the team and obviously it's going to take a while to find his form. But, you know, that, that hopefully that's somewhere they can get some extra support from. Uh, I think the big disappointment is Dante. He's really dropped off this season and it really hasn't been the the, the stoic sort of presence, the sort of commanding presence that needs need in that in that defence, especially with the amount of levers they had with base leaving and you know um, a few others going as well. They 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 really needed him to maintain his 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 form and that hasn't happened. Um, and you looking forward areas. I mean, player's been okay, but definitely not as good as he was last year. Not in terms of goals either. Um, and Alan Maxine's been been good, but. It's it's this, it's this sort of scratching around a little bit to find some consistency in in their front front forward front front six if you like so and Balotelli's the only one that seems to be maintaining that that form. He's still a little bit um, sort of home goal um, heavy and he, he which is not necessarily his like his fault but it's it's something that perhaps they they might look at addressing. I don't know how they would go about doing that, but there, there must be some reason behind it that he scores the majority of his goals at home. Perhaps they just play a different way that gets the best out of him at home. Um, they're a little bit more forward-thinking and a little bit more keen to sort of look for him in those games, and he's a little more onus on him to score those goals. But um, I think that it, he has been relatively consistent, and it's it's a, it's a credit to to, to Lucien Favre that he's managed to get these performances out of him because if you think about the Bellatelli that was coming off the bench at Liverpool, it's, he's a completely different player and he's so much more like the player that we expected to have. You know, he was at Inter and, and Manchester City, so um, a huge credit to to him for 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 improving. <laughs> it's it doesn't seem like something that would happen, and and for Lucien Favre to to, to getting the best out of him, and it, he's been a, a real credit to the league. He's an exciting player to watch, and probably Nice's best player this season by some distance. Yeah, it's, uh, arguably some might expend that um, it's not really hard to be Nisa's best player at the moment, to be fair, but they, they've just struggled, haven't they? I, I, I spoke a little bit on Monday, really, about the, the fullbacks, especially with Suke injured not being really good enough. The midfield has looked really weak with Seri dropping maybe a step back, but anyone partnering him hasn't really uh, set the world alight, really, even... Cyprian maybe still needs a couple of games. He came on in that game at the weekend as well, which is maybe just to give him a little bit more rest as he as he slowly makes his way back. Probably won't see the best of him until till next season, which is a little bit of a shame. But I think if he makes the sort of recovery that someone else who had a serious knee injury like uh, Nabil Fakir had, uh, hopefully can if he can race to those heights at least again, then uh, then we've got um, something to look forward to next season at least. But um, an interesting game to start off this. Uh, interesting super Sunday, shall we call it, of, of League on football. Um, what's your prediction in this one, Adam? Uh, I'm going to go 2 all. I think it's going to be an exciting game. 
yeah, I, I, th- I think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the same result on this one. It feels like a two-two, doesn't it? Like both of these sides have something to play for in a way of that European spot, but also nothing at the same time. Given that they maybe wanted um, at the start of the season, Nice probably were, were aiming maybe at the Champions League places again if they could nick it, or and Bordeaux, especially after the good start, maybe thought that that might be somewhere they'd be aiming as well. So uh, hopefully both teams uh, see this as a game to to really go for, but. Um, one that definitely sides will have no excuse of not going for, otherwise their fans will last lambast them for the rest of the the season. It is the the Rhone derby between uh, Lyon and Saint Etienne, and it's probably come round at the best time really for Leiver. In all honesty, they they not put any great performances in, but they've got results and they they've started climbing the table again. It's not been pretty, but it's been effective. They've not lost in February. That two-all draw against Marseille was was pretty good a couple of weeks ago. The 2-0 win against Amiens was important and the, then the uh, 1-0 win against Angers, which was very, very lucky, but three points at the end of the day. They're facing a Lyon side. They're, they're arch-rivals that embarrassed them early this season, who were up on a little bit of a sticky patch themselves in Liga. Um, they couldn't have asked for much more, really, of an invitation to maybe... Um, Give it some of them for, for a yeah. bit of this game. That's what I'm thinking. Is that is it's, it's a real chance for them to to upset the Abacar. Yeah, I think I think this game is huge for Sanetian's season in it's sort of in emotional terms. I mean, the game that they lost five 0 at home, you know, Fakir now what sort of iconic image. Obviously, he's emulating Messi about holding his shirt up and and uh, the for the stad Jofar Gishard to to see and you know the the scenes at the end with fans invading the pitch and uh, and it was it's arguably their worst result ever. It, it was it was such humiliation. They were terrible from beginning to end. They were torn apart by by Leon with ease. It was embarrassing. And they've really struggled to recover from that. And I think I think Gasset was saying when he arrived, you know, it was it, he could still see sort of the effects of that game that people were still down and people were still sort of downcast after that game and really depressed about it. And understandably so. I mean, you can make a case for this season being one of, as a result being one of the worst they've ever had, um, as well as that result being one of the worst they've ever had with the way it's gone. You know, they didn't win a game between between sort of the fourteenth of October. And the, and the 7th of Jan, they were terrible for sort of 10, 12 games. And after after that, after that Leon, Leon defeat included in there, um, they were just completely abject. And Agassé is a very sort of wily, experienced coach. And he's, although I don't, I don't think he'll be there next season, I think he's very much a sort of a stopgap. He's there to just keep them up as he did with Montpellier last year. And, you know, his experienced guy being Laurent Blanc's assistant for a long time, he knows, he knows, he knows how to coach. And he's really managed to sort of recover their sort of spirit a little bit and give them a little bit more belief. And they look like a more confident team now, especially now that those new signings are coming with Debussy and and Antep and Subotic. It feels like there's a bit of an evolution in the team and they've sort of, they're sort of starting again a little bit. And in the last four games, they've been really good, you know, beat Con at home. One at Amiens, that draw of Marseille, they were good there. Perhaps that that game was very open. Could have even could have even won that that game, and and you know a fortunate win, but you know still another decent performance at Angers. So I think this is a if if they can get something from this game, it'll it'll be a huge boost for the club as a whole, given given the trajectory of their season and that that Lyon embarrassment in the first game. So um you know I think. It, it really could set them set them running for the rest of the year. And you know, you look at the if they were to get a sort of result from this game, the confidence that that, that gives them. You know, they're only six points off non. I know they're in eleventh place, thirty three points, but a Europa League place isn't beyond the rounds possibility for them if they can put a run together with the players they've got. So I think a good result here could be huge for them, not just this season but next season too. It, it would recover 
like the confidence that they've lost and, and really set them on the right track again. Yeah, it just feels like that, doesn't it? It, it felt like that Leon defeat led to sort of uh, an incredible hangover, like they'd come off the the world's worst night of drinking, really, that they sort of stumbled around for, for several weeks and maybe occasionally waking up to, to have a good go at someone, but then falling back asleep for a couple of weeks. But it feels like that they've maybe got themselves back together. They've 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 put the bottle down for a moment at least anyway from that from that moment and they've slowly recovered just in time to face Leon, which is perfect timing for them really. It's it's good to see that some of their players are starting to the new signings are starting to bed themselves in. I think Subotic has been pretty decent. I think Duise has been good now he's returned to the starting lineup and and Mvia and and, and Tep starting to add his influence to it and also they might have a goal scorer that we we, we speculated previously really that Robert Berridge is is a, is a decent forward really when he was when he was playing initially for for Leve before he got injured really that he was scoring goals for them and then he's popped up again and he's starting to bag a, little, a couple of goals it's not the craziest goals he's not <laughs> scoring world beaters he's maybe not the the fox in the box that they maybe really need but he's he's grabbing the goals that other sides aren't getting at least anyway and that's pulled them away from danger and maybe um he could be another important player in this game at the weekend because Leon have been a, a very strange side really in the last couple of weeks so um, they've not been anything like what we expected after beating Paris Saint-Germain you think that would be the ominous sign of going to bigger and better things but in Ligue 1 terms at least anyway they lost to Bordeaux they lost to Monaco lost to Rennes as well and then we're 2-0 up against Lille and drew 2-2. That's the fourth time this season they've been two or more goals up and, and gave up a lead to to draw as well, or, or lose at least anyway. Um, it's not the greatest of stats really for them. I bet they will want to hide that one away. But at the same time, in the Europa League games, they've been pretty pretty decent. They were good against Villarreal in the first leg. They maybe were a little bit lucky. They weren't anything spectacular. The same in the second leg. But it just feels like that then they hit that high didn't they against Paris Saint-Germain and they're, all they've ever done since then seems like has been coming down from that. Mm, yeah, it does. And it's, I think my, my issue is with Leon is, is definitely that is that, well, two things, but the first thing is, is, is that they should have hit the heights against PSG and they're good against better teams. Like they need space. A lot of their forwards are players that like to run at defenders need space to run into, look at the pie and Diaz and, and Traore. They're those sorts of players and they come unstuck against teams that want to sit in against them. You know, their away record record is better than the home record. So it really shows that, you know, there's a team that wants to come out and play against them or perhaps on the onuses that the onus is on to do so if they're at home, then, Leon to exploit those spaces and they use their pace in behind to, to, to punish teams um, and they need to find a way around that and I, I think that it brings me to my second point that I have a problem with them at the moment is that they are not sure really what their best team is or perhaps perhaps I know who their best 11 players are but fitting them into an 11 on the field is, is becoming a bit of an issue because you look at their team you've got Nabil Fakir and Dumbele who's been brilliant Lucas Toussaint midfield and you've got Diaz, Traore, Hossam Awa, Depay in, in, in forward areas and there's seven players there all in my opinion who you know probably think they should be starting and deserve to start in, in a lot of ways and I haven't even included Maxwell Corner in there um and and i think that fitting those seven players in or making a tough decision and leaving one of them out is is going to be crucial to the remainder of their year because um our has only started one of the last five he's sort of his form has dropped away a little bit 
But I think that's because he's, you know, he's been played out wide on the left a little bit, which isn't really his best position. I think he needs to be central. I think he needs to be a little bit deeper as well in central midfield. Um, and and he hasn't really been given that opportunity because you've got the form of Undembele, who's kind of forced him out wide, which again hasn't really benefited him. And then he's kind of been dropped because you know Depay keeps scoring goals and Traore's been good since he came back from injury. Um, but I think he's the one player that our this is that can really unlock a defence if if needed. So I I would like to see them switch formation a little bit. And I, I've used this this uh, this uh, example many times. But to, to play with diamond, I really think that they could. It's a classic French formation. It would get the best out of Fakir because he play as a number ten as a point of the diamond. Our could play central midfield with a with a three. And Dembele could play and wouldn't have to be the deepest midfielder because he could you know that give him a little bit more security of two sides deepest midfielder. He could use his mobility and his strength and. His his, his pace to really push on and support and you could play with two strikers and those two strikers wouldn't have to be sort of fixed they could they could drift around a bit Fakir can fill in a sort of a false nine he could drift out wide they'd still have that width from fullback too so you start with Diaz and then maybe Traore or Depay as a, as a second striker I think that might be the way they should go I mean if that's if I was the manager I know that obviously Genesio has got his own ideas and obviously I wouldn't you know even ever sort of you know ever to sort of Say I'm, you know, I know better than he does because obviously he's the one that's, he's he's the man. But I think they need to find a way, to, whatever way that is, to get the best out of those players. And and at the moment that's not happening. And I think our, our needs to be a priority because he's the man that can unlock those defenses. And he hasn't been doing it recently because he hasn't had the chance. Mm, yeah, it's the funny thing, isn't it? Getting the the right mixture of this team really because, like you say, playing a diamond maybe forces one of those players that expects to start out of the side, and and it's picking which one. Really, to to partner maybe with the well, you know, I'm assuming maybe Fakira and and Diaz as a, as a strike force, you could do that, or Diaz and Fakir as the centre attacking midfielder, Awar and to him and and Dombele, but then you're forcing maybe Bertrand Traore is maybe not as natural, maybe moving more centrally, or you're with someone like Depay who's been a bit iffy at times. It's it's a funny sort of mixing bag that they've got to try and adjust with this because at the moment instead they're just playing our at wide and it, it doesn't doesn't really work and then they had that moment didn't they against uh against Marseille where they decided to play our on Tongi and Dumbele and it just it just unbalances the side really I, I think Ndombele is, is good going back but doesn't hold his position going back at least anyway they need someone like Tussar there to, to sort of solidify that and it's just never really found the right mix I, I, I don't understand why sometimes he starts Corne instead he's been really unimpressive this season it's it's good to see uh, Traore term, return back in three goals in in two games will really help his confidence, and he scored a couple as well in that uh, in the uh, in the Villarreal game as well before before that Lille game. So he's he's in a nice little bit of form. So an interesting one going into this one where the fans will expect that's the that's the weird flip side of this, isn't it? Is that Santetian fans will be desperate to try and get some kind of revenge, even if it's maybe even a draw, just to, to dent their plans, but. Leon fans will be expectant, won't they? It's like it's the five 0 they got last time. They think they'll maybe just walk all over the game again. It's not the same team's not that enormously different. They've not been that successful recently. Maybe it's it's time to walk over them again. But what's your prediction in this one, Adam? Um, I, it's going to be it's so difficult to predict. Um, I'm going to go three two Leon. Mm, yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I. I I think it's maybe a misnomer about Santetian. I'm going to go 2-0, Leon. Um, I don't think... I think Santetian is still really struggling, really. In, in, a, in a strange way, they've just nicked a few results to sort of mask that. But maybe in the next couple of weeks, we might see them 
just do enough really to not drag themselves back into a relegation fight at least but uh, we shall wait and see but the main event as always, really, on a, on a Sunday evening when it does come around, and we'll be treated to another one in midweek as well, so we'll be talking about that one next week, really. A, a double Le Classique to look forward to, but first of all is the league version um, against Paris Saint-Germain well, Saint hosting uh, Marseille. Um, it was a great fixture last time around, and it promises, if it's anything, to go by any of the other top four games we've had recently as well. It's got a great chance to be terrific again, but let's start with the home side, really, and that they bounce back from that result against Real Madrid, which was pretty disappointing, really, as we mentioned last week, with a with a good win in the end. It wasn't the most comfortable of wins they would have expected, but a double from Cavani was was nice to see, and the, and the side still doing some nice attacking football in that in that five two win. But this is an interesting one, really, because obviously they have. Uh, Marseille in the cup in midweek as well and they've they've got a, a league game to think about before playing Real Madrid again um, but this is an interesting game for them to test themselves I think especially and I don't know what you think about this as well Adam um, to test themselves against a big side with that Real Madrid game on the horizon again yeah I think I agree with you I, I think they should be treating it like that I think they should be treating the other big four in league and you know Monaco Marseille and Lyon, any games against them, they should be treating them extremely seriously. They should be treating them like a Champions League game because I think that it's, it's a well-worn, you know, adage that the lack of competition for PSG in, in particular in, in Ligue 1 means that perhaps they don't have that defensive rigour sort of drilled into them because they don't need to defend as sort of rigorously as perhaps other teams in other leagues do where the bottom third is a little bit stronger and a little bit more comparable in quality to PSG. And, you know, the, I think Strasbourg was a, a, a great example of that in that, you know, they conceded twice, should have conceded the third time. The, the the first goal was very similar to Marcelo's goal in 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 Madrid, where where uh, Mahulu sort of drifted sort of into the penalty area. Diarra didn't really track him very well. He didn't have to do much to get away from him, and you know he found himself pretty free. And 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 he and he had you know he's there's still not there's still decent players in those teams, and and he tucked it away nicely. And you know they were in trouble, but they've got so much stacking firepower. It doesn't matter. It sort of counteracts that that need to defend as, as stoically as perhaps other teams do in other leagues. And I personally think that that it has been the case for such a long time that it has to be Emery's has to be come down to Emery now because it's not it's not the most insightful thing to say that you know that they don't have that sort of that rigor that I was talking about and, and it needs to be trained out of them it needs to be you know Rabio should be tracking Marcelo for that goal um the goalkeeper situation has been a long-running issue but Ariola was silly to try and sort of palm that ball away and they keep making these silly errors because they're not they don't have that sort of impetus in, in Ligue 1 to, to not make them because if they make them they just got the end and score three goals which is what happened at Strasbourg it was 3-1 after 15 minutes they could see that goal after six so they don't need them so these games are really where they need to focus on those those areas of their game and 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 be a little bit more a little bit more sort of solid defensively a little bit more cautious maybe even and to prepare for those Champions League games where that that knowledge and that that sort of ingrained understanding that of, of simple things, that simple errors like that, that tracking runners and 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 not being so rash defensively. That, that they, that's this is these are the games where those things are going to be honed, and and they they kind of approach these games in a very similar way to they do to other league insides, which is very frustrating because they you know this is their opportunity to really really sort of drill themselves for for a big Champions League game and. 
I, I think until those things are sort of ironed out, then they're not going to be challenging for the Champions League. And Madrid aren't the strongest of teams. And I know they won it the last two years, but they're fourth in Spain. They haven't had the best season. And, and PSG had an opportunity there. And, and the same issue that's been the issue for so long came back to bite them. And, and this is a game where they can sort it out. But they, they because they are a better side, they kind of treat it as, you know, well, if we could see, we'll score three and it'd be fine. Um, and it's just the wrong attitude. And I think that's something that needs to change and hasn't changed for four or five seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like both these games against Marseille uh, uh, should be ideal for a big team like like Paris Saint-Germain to, to test themselves in this, in terms of what will be our best formation for Real Madrid. It's, it's obviously not quite the same level, but Marseille are one of the best teams in Liga. They have a lot of good talent that will try and attack them. And, and Florian Tovan is... He's a quality player that will will try and test them in similar ways to what um, the inside forwards for for Real Madrid will attempt to do at least anyway. And they play very fast wing backs that will try and attack um, down the sides like Hiroki Sakai and 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 Jordan Amavi that will play really high, very similar again to to Real Madrid. Not saying they're the exact same team, but they they will have shades of them that you can prepare for at least anyway. And then tr- also try and test and see what your best formation is and what your best. Um, ally is to that because obviously the the return leg will be a home game so that's is important as always but um testing which combination works best does it does it suit you best to have um, Neymar and Mbappe and Cavani as the front three or maybe have someone else in there it, does it improve with Draxler maybe just in behind them or something like that or or is it more solid with a with a def- more natural three-man midfield, maybe with Lasana Diara in there, um, because obviously they played La Celso last time and that was tough. Does it work better to have the experience of Thiago Silva if, if they are playing a younger midfield or, or or is it better to play those the two young centre-backs in Marquinhos and Kimpembe instead? Are they more reliable because of the speed of Real Madrid? Um, they need to work all these little bits out and, and work out these little kinks as well. Like do, Again, with left-back, do they play Yuri Bacice, but maybe a little bit more defensively solid than Levin Kozawa, but at the same time, he can grab you goals as well as assists, potentially. Do you play Dani Alves, who's very adventurous, but leaves a lot of space for someone like Marcelo that maybe someone like uh, Thomas Munier may be better at covering? These are the questions you can answer in games like this against Marseille, which is a team will come at you and test you as well. And that's really the interesting one, um, Adam, is that Marseille have two games against Paris Saint-Germain to look forward to, but... They, it's, this would be a real test of what they've got as well, and and what kind of level they are. Full stop. Obviously, the most recent games, the ones against um, against Monaco, didn't really um, go their way in the end in, in terms of actually winning the game. But um, they've been really good recently. Tovan's in superb form. Really, they've got players starting to build around them. They they're starting to get a, an eleven that seems settled and and is working together as a unit. But this, I think, is a real chance for them to to again, be a side that, that pulls an upset against Paris Saint-Germain, even, even at the part de Prance. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I kind of fancy Marseille here. I think they're the perfect type of team to to ambush PSG and exploit those those, those weaknesses and that overconfidence, perhaps, that I was talking about before. Um, because they've got lots of individual talent. They've got lots of pace. They've got, they can counter-attack really well. You know, they can be incisive. Two Van and Pyatt between them can, you know, on their day can, can you know, they only need one, one, one or two chances and, and, and PSG are going to be in trouble. Um, and I just think that Marseille, as you said, are, are, are in that form that, as they were in the previous game, <clears throat> that they could really trouble PSG here if they, if they defend well and they counter-attack. 
um, and and exploit PSG's defensive weaknesses. I can really see them taking something from at least one of these games. I'd love them to beat them in the Coupe de France and because no one else has won a cup in France for three years. So it'd be nice if someone else other than PSG won a cup. That'd be great. And I do fancy them to get something from at least one of these games. I think the problem is, though, that going to going to Paris is very different from hosting them at the Velodrome. Um, you know, PSG, uh, the Monaco game aside, when they really did batter Monaco, but going to Marseille and going to Lyon, they, they weren't necessarily the best side in either of those two games and deserved to lose them both. Um, so going to PSG is a very different proposition. So that'll be the huge test for Marseille. And I think that... Garcia deserves a lot of credit for the way that they've really sort of redoubled their efforts and really improved since that 6-1 loss to Monaco and that 3-1 loss at home to Rennes when they're really terrible. Um, since then, they've become this sort of freewheeling, attacking outfit and, you know, the, arguably the most exciting team to watch at the moment in France, PSG aside. Um, so I think that they've got a lot going for them here. So I, I hope and I semi-fancy them to get something here or in the week. Um, it should be interesting. Mm, yeah, it's really nicely balanced this one, and mm. uh, I'm glad that we've got another top four clash to look forward to on a Sunday night as mm. well, because they've been real rip roaring affairs this season as well. Yeah. And, uh, and Marseille have been really nice for me, and like I said, they they just seem a little bit more settled, don't they? I think that mm. they've now got a nice spine, but they're also building on that because we were mentioning Gustavo and, and Tovan, but the defense looks more solid. Rolando and, and Rami look like a good partnership now as well. Um, now having that balance of Zambo and Guisa and Sanson's in, in good form as well. Pai's getting more involved. Germain's grabbing goals now. The fullbacks look pretty good in terms of being their attack mindedness really adds an extra dimension to them that top sides need in modern football as well. Um, and they, they have a reliable goalkeeper, no matter who really is in that at the moment with a uh, Jan Pele debutizing there recently, obviously with Mondonda's injuries has, has been pretty good as well, which is unsurprising given his performance last season. But uh, yeah, they look a really good side and, and cre- Peter mentioned it on Monday credit to Rudy Garcia for this as well, to, to really meld together those sort of um, broken toys. Almost you might've said that the sort of an amalgamation of, of, of random players that they, try to just absorb to their uh, champions project and, and everyone sort of thought well how are they going to fit together well they have fit. well eventually at least anyway fit together and then it's a nice building block for them to go into the summer now and add to it and and find a squad rather than just a, a starting 11 as well so what's your prediction in this one it's, it's, it's going to be a massive game on Sunday evening there'll be plenty watching and, and plenty of observing but um, what's your score prediction Oh, it's gonna it's it's so difficult to predict. I'm gonna be bold and say two one Marseille. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna go for a, a, a return of the result from from the uh, Stade Velodrome. I think it will be a two all draw. Um, maybe Paris Saint Germain being the unlucky ones that Marseille uh, get the uh, late equaliser that that makes them a little bit disappointed and uh, head home or well, a brief trip home at least anyway. Yeah. Um, disappointed uh, that's all for this week uh, my thanks to adam and all of you listening at home uh, do join us for the main show on monday but for now enjoy your weekend of football